0: Good afternoon, and welcome into the morning burrito podcast. I am Michael. I'm Kelly. Speak into the microphone, my friend. Uh, they want I, to hear I, your I just wonderful can't get over pipes. The
1: morning burrito in the afternoon. Sorry, it, it,
0: that's that's true. It is the morning burrito in the afternoon. <laughs> the, he's always got to mess with me. Like, sorry, you, you know, just,
1: it's just, play on words. There, I guess
0: so. <laughs> Well, hey, uh, we had a wonderful week off uh, away from the podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show with Jenna last week um, as our guest. And uh, it was really uh, a fun show to do, and And I hope you got something out of it. Uh, those of you particularly who are young adults and who are you know, heading towards college or, or in college, and those who are parents who have kids in college, and just listening to some of the travails of college life for a Christian kid. And... Uh, This week, uh, I have, obviously, another guest host, as we will have throughout uh, this sabbatical time. We're calling it Coffee Break. And uh, so, Kelly, you've been on the show before. Welcome back. Thank you. Glad to have you. Uh, You you know, two bald guys is always right.
1: Hey, two are better than one.
0: Yeah. Just saying. And
1: just, I'll try to keep everything short, just like our pastor. Wow.
0: Wow. Shots fired across the bow. (laughs) That's that's awesome. He's he wasn't here even to here. Defend himself. So that's right. Uh, so today uh, our show um, is all about fatherhood. Um, we uh, we really felt like it was important to talk about some fatherhood issues, and uh, I just came back from camp, and there were some things that I saw at camp that um, clearly to me were fatherhood issues, um, you know, parenting issues, and so we're going to talk through that. You are parents of two boys and a girl. And I'm a parent of two girls, so we have slightly different experiences. Um, our kids are different ages, but you know our two girls are the same. So yes, so that'll be we'll be having an interesting conversation. I hope, and uh, tune in, stick close, and uh, hope you enjoy the show. Here we go. And we're back okay well let's uh, let's get right into it so let me let me ask you this Kelly to get us started. what is your 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 dad is a great dude uh, he has also an awesome boat by the way just <laughs> as an aside um, he, he knows how to pick boats um, but uh, but what is your fondest story that you have about your dad growing up?
1: That's tough. A lot. Maybe, it'll,
0: maybe it'll be two stories. Uh,
1: you know, the biggest thing is, is we loved uh, wood heat in our house. We had a wood-burning fireplace, and one of my favorite things to do was to go out and cut tree down, split it, all that good stuff, and actually split firewood, believe it or not. I like to work, so um, that's probably ranks up there at the top ten um just to go get firewood and then we also there was a neighbor uh just around the corner that always uh bought firewood from us so we'd have to go get fired firewood for them so an old and elderly couple that used to give us candy all the time so it's a bonus yeah uh
0: let me pause for just a second just say dude this is beautiful uh if you don't know this is the guy who made this and uh Man, it's it's amazing to have our logo both times now. Um we've had two logos now. Mm-hmm. To see them go from the screen, the computer screen to this. This is actually
1: metal. You can hear that, that's metal. Yeah.
0: Um but he actually cut sheet metal and uh this is actually like 3D. It's a it's actually raised away from the the actual uh piece of metal, so it's just it's really cool. So thank you for doing that for us. We really appreciate it and it looks awesome. It's it's wonderful. Um, I think for me, one of my my gr- one of the greatest experiences I have had with my father, uh, more than anything, is fishing. Uh, I remember my dad would take me uh, to Silver Spring State Park, and we would fish for perch and for uh, bluegill uh, most of the time. Uh, and then uh, there was a place near my dad's work, and uh, it's like a it wasn't a technical college, but they taught technical type classes, so. You you could take shop there. You could take, uh, you know, auto body, that sort of thing. Yeah, your kind of people. That's right. And uh, and out behind this place, because it was right next to my dad's university, they had this little pond. And so we'd go bluegill fishing there um, from time to time. And uh, there was always something special about being out with my dad going fishing. And I think that's probably the case for you and particularly your boy (laughs) Chase. Um, There's always something special. He wants to be out there fishing with his
1: dad. He wants to do a lot. He's he's definitely my outdoor person. So whether I'm doing lawn stuff, whether I'm fishing, hunting, camping, he wants to do it.
0: Yeah, well, and even any of the uh, the the other thing for me, and I, I see this in Chase, is that when I was a kid, when my dad would be, you know, repairing something, maybe it was a a faulty faucet, or uh, he was repairing, you know, a sidewalk, you know, piece or something like. I always wanted to be out there and learn from my dad and watch my dad help my dad uh, do the the maintenance of something, and I see that in your your boys. He always wants to be right there with you, learning and and doing.
1: Well, and that's that's how I know how to do a lot of my my own stuff is because watching dad and being in similar to Chase, being that person that's your shadow right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I could remember a couple of times where they it was bring your son to work day and i got to go uh to work with my dad and we were. uh let's see here it was a little bathroom gazebo and we were doing concrete work but again all the all of the knowledge the real world knowledge i learned from my dad and he he started out uh doing maintenance uh through coos county parks and he was doing the weed eating and the mowing and he gradually made it all the way up to parks director when he when he retired but he 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 learned through that all the different steps so he learned the concrete he learned the electrical he learned the plumbing and then I've I've learned it from him now I'm not as as good as him on a couple of things just because I don't deal with it every day but um, yeah a lot of the stuff that I know uh, comes from him and then a, a family friend I learned most of my and skills from him so I got to work part-time uh, middle school and high school as a mechanic and then you know doing all the other stuff so yeah. it's it's definitely y- you got to be a sponge and soak up as much as you can and uh, especially you know these days you you get a lot of uh being a teacher you get a lot of uh, students that don't have a dad or don't have that fatherly figure so it it definitely is a is i would say it's a deficit of uh Children these days is they don't have a lot of that.
0: Yeah i uh, i I think you and I. Well, I know that you and I were raised very similarly uh, growing up. Uh, maybe minus the church part. I mean, you went to church. You were grown. You were raised in in church for the most part. Uh, whereas I really wasn't to <laughs> any large extent. What you're saying? Huh?
1: You were a heathen, is what you're saying?
0: Sure. I guess you could say that. <laughs> no my parent my parents taught us to believe in God. Certainly, my dad wanted me to believe that there was a God, but uh, we were never really church-going people um, right. as I was growing up, but uh, my dad, very similar to your dad, uh, worked at a university. He was the head of the maintenance department, uh, facilities and maintenance department at the university for a long time, and uh, and so I I got to hang out with the carpenters, the lawn the lawn lawn care guys, the the plumbers, the electricians um, that worked at the university. And so you know, summertime I would go to the university and. Do demolition work and take a sledgehammer to walls and things, and that's the fun part. Yeah, it's except that, that but, yeah, but to to take, yeah, but then you have to take, yeah, but then you have to take the stuff out. Like hitting the stuff and knocking it down, not a problem. It's the yeah. taking the pieces of the stone by wheelbarrow out the door. That's yeah. always the, the hardest part, part. Is the demolition. I mean, I learned how to drive a stick shift by driving a dump truck <laughs> at the university, which my dad would probably get in trouble for that now. Say, you better air. Better, better bleep that part bleep out. Bleep that part out, yeah. Bleep. Uh, yeah. No, he's he's retired, so it's okay. <laughs> they can't take his ty- retirement away for that, I don't think. Um, <laughs> yeah, knock on wood. Uh, no, but, I, I, I mean, like you, I, I learned everything I know, and I don't know a lot. I, you know a lot more than I do. I tend to lean on you a lot for things because I don't know very much. But what I do know, I know because of my dad. And it's interesting, you know, as kids – we always look at our dads and we say, you know, you are you treat me different than, you know, uh, the brother or the sister uh, or both. <laughs> um, we always look at like we're always treated differently. And usually that's a negative thing, right? We always view our dads as being mean to us.
1: Well, we, we think that he is being specific in teaching each one of us differently. And my dad's, I mean, as far as I can remember, he taught us the same things. It's just, just like anything, you get what you need out of it or, you know, perceive to get what you out of it. Um, So it's, it's different because I see my dad, he was, he was teaching us all the same things, but just like we have to adapt, we have to teach it, but we also have to figure out better ways to teach different, like my sons are polar opposites. So you have to, you have to teach them two different ways. And I think with my dad is he taught us all the same stuff, but you, you kind of have to put that little twist Mm -hmm. to get us to, to buy in
0: Proverbs 22 verse six. Again, Proverbs chapter 22 verse six says this start children off on the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it, which goes to what you were just saying. Like it's, it is important. It is a role of a dad to teach your kids the way they should go. Um, you know, and and that can be spir- spiritual for sure, and we'll get to that I think here in a little bit. But even from a, you know, just how to be a man, how to live life, how to respect women, all of these things. That's that's the dad's responsibility, and it's not to say that kids who come from a single mother home or anything uh, can't be successful without a dad in the home. There is something to be said for a dad. There a yeah. dad can teach things that. Frankly, uh, uh, it's very much more difficult for a woman to teach a, a boy. Um, I know that's that's true for me. My mom certainly did not teach me the same things that my dad taught me. Mm-hmm. Um, I never had a a fear, quote unquote, of my mom. I did have a fear of my dad. Like my dad, you know, to this day, I mean, he's a he's a he's kind of an imposing dude. Like he's not he's not mean or, you know, he was never abusive or anything like that. But. I had a healthy fear of my father.
1: Yeah. Well, I think, I think just in in the, you know, the era that we grew up, you know, it, yeah, I, there was, there was a favorite spoon that I got swapped pretty, pretty good. But again, it, it made me who I am today. I mean, and I wouldn't change that.
0: Right. Well, and, and the thing is, I think when we look at children today, um, we did a show just a couple weeks ago um, about, uh, I think I was with Andy at the time, um, uh, we were talking about how the way that older folks and younger folks look at each other is significantly different um, today than it ever has been before because of the entitlement nature of younger people. And the truth is that, as we discussed then, a lot of that's p- parenting. It's... it's yeah particularly our parents, um, had this view that, well, we're going to give our kids more than we ever had. We're going to give them the things we never could have as, as kids. And that's actually a dangerous mentality. Um, what it does is it actually creates this entitlement, create culture now, um, with kids where they think that they are owed and deserve things as opposed to earning them. Um, I know you and I have talked a lot about, uh, when we look at co- college versus like the trades, um, and how, you know, the trades, you have to work for that, you know, not to say that college is easy. I'm certainly not saying that I went to college, but, um, but trades, you actually have to work to, to learn and earn the right to be called a journeyman or to be called a master, right? whatever, a master plumber, or a master electrician. Mm-hmm. And in, it's not so much that way when you get a degree, you know, maybe it's a gender studies degree or, a you know, lesbian dance theory, or something like that, from a college basket weaving, underwater basket, underwater basket weaving. You come out of college and you think, oh, I'm entitled to a job. Well, it doesn't really work that way in the real world. Um, you, you really haven't done anything to earn that degree, earn that job, because there aren't so many jobs that that are asking for the qualifications of somebody who went to school for underwater basket weaving.
1: And and that's where you know, I, I'm, I guess I'm a different kind of teacher. Um, because I will, I will ask my student what they want to do. I mean, I, uh, a few years ago, I asked a student, what do you love to do? And he goes, well, I love playing video games. I'm like, okay, why don't you do that as a job? Uh, what do you mean? I'm like, you do realize that people get paid just to play video games. I says, better yet, why don't you design video games and make more? You know, So again, not a lot of people know kind of what's out there, but it, it's, I tell my students every single year, if, if you have a job and you wake up in the morning and go, ah, I got to go to work, uh, that's probably not the job for you. You know, and it's one of those things getting across. You got you to find your passion, whether that be playing video games, whether that be fishing, whether that be, I don't know, going on tour with a band. All of that is v- very reachable. Um, it's just a matter of how much you put into it. Do you want to ultimately go that far? Um, And sometimes, unfortunately, it takes a little prodding from, you know, parents doing their thing and figuring out, okay, what do you want to do? You know, so I think, yes, we can can teach how we always teach. But again, it it comes to a fact where you have to ultimately let them decide what they want to do. And I think that's very, very difficult as we as parents, because we know that they can be this huge, incredible, uh, and then they don't do that. They take the easy road. But again, it, it's being that parent to know when is when is the time to step in and when is the time to let them figure it out on their own. It's kind of like, you know, baby bird and mama bird. You gotta learn to fly sometime.
0: It kind of reminds me of fishing because you and I, that's like our favorite thing to do together is going fishing. Um, Besides playing Call of Duty, maybe. <laughs> um, but uh, but you know when you go fishing, uh, I know we go with your your son Chase quite often, mm-hmm. and one of the things that my dad had to do with me is he had to teach me how to fish. Right, yeah. that I couldn't just put the the pole in the water and catch something. That's not how it works. You have to actually show them. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing that for whatever reason, again this is this is a show mostly for dads. It's not saying moms you can't listen to this because. You should, and there's probably value in it for you too. But um, we, we as parents, we have to show our kids um, the reason why we do things. And I think more than any other time in history, uh, at least our experience has been working with students, because you work with high school students, I work with high school students and middle schoolers. Um, the reality is that students they they are not taught things; they are told what to believe, they are told what not to believe. But they're not actually taught how to do things anymore as much. Um, you know, you do, and you're you're in a trade, so you're teaching them how to be welders, for sure. But when I think about it in fishing terms, we, we have to teach our kids how to put the bait on the hook, mm-hmm. what kind of bait to use, right? Like trial and error. A lot of times you don't know what bait's going to be used. We found through trial and error here on the Columbia, our part of the Columbia, that uh, if you want to bass fish, uh, you know, there's lots of things that people say you can use for bass fishing. Right. By and large, the most fish you're going to catch are going to be with watermelon-colored <laughs> fake bait. Like, that's that's what catches bass out here. Like, I've used everything but live bait, and the majority of the fish bass that I've caught on the Columbia near us is with watermelon-colored fake bait.
1: Unless you're Josh. Well, he, he changes his lure every five minutes. So,
0: Or if you're Gideon and you catch everything. Yeah, that's true.
1: <laughs> um,
0: but, uh, but but you know, even when I started fishing with you, I had never really boat fished before. I've always been a shore fisherman. So I even had to learn how to be a fisherman on a boat because mm-hmm. it's a different experience than Definitely. being on the shore. Yep. Um, you know, being able to share space when you're casting, like <laughs> all of those things are things you have to learn. There are intricacies yeah. to fishing. And the same is for for you as a dad or you as a mom, man, it's so important for you to show your kids. And that means that you got to take the time. You know, when we talk about spiritual things in your home, dads, it is your responsibility. The Bible is very clear. It is your responsibility to lead your kids in the way they should go. That's, that's not, that's not something you should take lightly. Um, it is your responsibility to be the spiritual head of your household. I know with you guys, one of the things that I've been so impressed with is you guys take every day to pray together. Um, you know, you spend time in the word together from, I don't know if it's a daily thing, but you know, frequently you're, it needs needs to be, needs to be a daily thing. Um, I know during COVID, like every single night you guys were praying together. Um, We, you would be like, I got, I got to get off. We got to go pray. Like that's, that's, Mm -hmm. that's showing your kids and that's not to puff you up in front of our audience, but that's just something we can learn from you is that that's a, that's a really important thing to be doing with your kids. I know as my oldest has gotten into now middle school, uh, I feel even more of a burden than I ever have before to lead my daughter, um, to lead her well, because I know she's going into a world that's not necessarily kind to young ladies. That's um, crazy. You know, there's there's a lot of negativity around, you know, her looking for a man who is worth her time um, someday. <laughs> um, you know, not... not a Long a, ways away. You know, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, a man who's worth her effort and worth... Uh, spending time with. I mean, that's, yeah. uh, I need to teach her that. What is, what is a, what is a real man quote unquote look like? Uh, a real man loves God. A real man is focused on Jesus. A real man is, is wanting to be the spiritual head and wanting to lead her in a, in a good way. A man who's going to respect her. Um, a man who's going to show her the dignity and charity that she deserves and has earned, who's going to cherish her. I mean, all of these things as a dad teaching her that, you know, she needs to dress a certain way, not because she needs to fear men, but because she respects herself and she has value from God.
1: Right. And, and it's one of those things where luckily, you know, my wife, Becky, we kind of share that because if I'm hunting or fishing and I'm away, she actually fills in the void which you know when you when you have that right person, you can depend on them to do that, and especially if if you find the right person that is brought up the same teaching um as you were, so that that makes a difference because I know whether I'm there or whether I'm gone somewhere, I know that they're going to get pretty similar teaching, whether it's from me or my wife, so mm-hmm. I mean it, it makes a difference again, I've known my wife since fourth grade I think well yeah fourth grade and we really didn't like each other until right before our senior year so it's one of those things I don't know well she liked you well she liked my truck first so <laughs> that, that happens yeah so that's yeah she liked my truck and then you know she just so happens that I came with the truck So Were you,
0: you weren't bald back then either I was not bald So that's part of the problem if She'd I was
1: bald, she would have saw me first.
0: Yeah, you wouldn't there wouldn't have been any other boys for her cuz she's you baldness and she would have been like yes. Well,
1: she probably would have been blinded from the glare, but you know. Uh, you know One the, of the kid, downsides. The
0: <laughs> some of the kids have seen in our youth group have seen pictures of my wedding and they they still cannot believe that I had hair. I'm like, what, what do you think I just went bald like all of a sudden like all my hair just fell out? Like I still have since hair. Since birth. Since birth. Yeah. I was bald since birth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um second corinthians six eighteen says again second corinthians six eighteen and I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord almighty uh you know god for for many of you um that may be listening to this, I know there have been many in my pastoral time that I've come across that'll say things like, well I have a hard time looking at God as a father because my father sucked and it was a bad person and did bad things and, and whatnot. And I, I totally re- understand and resonate with that uh in so much that I know that that must be difficult for you. But the reality is God is our father. And while our human fathers are imperfect, I mean, we as fathers are imperfect. Yeah. Uh, I know I've made lots of mistakes with my two girls. Um I, I think you would echo that with oh, your boys yeah. and girl. Um I still do. Yeah. <laughs> but the reality is we do have a father who doesn't make errors yeah. that doesn't make mistakes who who loves us unconditionally who who whose love never fails us um, and we are we are we are fortunate I think as as humanity to be forgiven by a father who doesn't have a reason to forgive us um, other than the fact that he loves us like God, God truly doesn't have to forgive us of our, our sins. Um, and he wants to lead us as good fathers want to lead their kids. Um, we spent a week at camp Well, you weren't there, but I I was there. Um, you were, you were with family, um, different kind of camp, different kind of camp. Yeah. Um, but I was with your boys. So that was, that was a win.
1: Um, that was a win for me too, (laughs) because they were with you. (laughs) Um,
0: But one of the things that was really cool is to to watch how uh, particularly uh, we had uh, one uh, guy who is with us this week um, who is a dad for two of our boys in the youth group. Um, It was his first time coming to um, our one of our events as a as a leader, uh, quote unquote, and uh, whatnot. And and he he his boys went down to the altar um, during during the camp. And to see him go down there and pray with his boys, put his arms around them, um, it was just this picture of fatherhood that I, I thought about the, the story of the prodigal son and, mm-hmm. you know, just God wrapping his arms around his son that was lost. Um, and I, we can't really have a fatherhood discussion without that. That uh, as dads, it's, it's, it can be very difficult, I think, at times when our kids are stupid and make dumb mistakes. To yeah, we've been there. Yeah, but I mean, but we can we're we're human. Right. So yeah. running to our kids like that story talks about when they've made mistakes. And I mean, his kid literally treated him as if he was dead. I mean, that's mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes. He was treating his dad like he's dead to him. And yet he goes running after his son. He, he pursues his son. Um, we as dads, parents, moms, that needs to be how we pursue our children. And we don't give up. We don't we don't call it quits we don't throw up our hands and say our kid's finished like Hmm. until they go in the grave no kid is finished no kid is done
1: and hopefully they go in the grave after us
0: yeah well and hopefully when that day comes they're going you know somewhere good as opposed to somewhere bad um, for sure well with our last a little bit of time we have left on the show I just want to share want us to share some some cool stories from our own Kids and raising our own kids, um, because you're right. I mean, in your case, you have three kids, um, two different genders between your kids, and um, what can you share some funny or cool stories uh, from being a dad? Like things that have happened in your father jir- fatherly journey so far that have been interesting.
1: So yeah, so with our first Cameron, uh, I can remember I'm fishing with my dad and. The lake that we were fishing, we had to get fuel, so we pull over to the dock. So my dad's worrying about getting fuel, and I'm sitting there watching him, make sure he doesn't get anything in the water, you know. And all I hear is a splash, and then a rope gets tossed overboard, and it's still tied on. And I look over, and I says, what are you doing, Cameron? Well, I'm fishing. I'm like, oh, well, and I'm looking around for the wireless motor remote. And it's not anywhere to be seen. And I says, well, what are you using for bait? He goes, well, what I had. And he threw in my dad's wireless trolling motor remote in the water. (laughs) And we haven't even gone fishing yet. So he's filling up. So luckily at the dock, they had this huge net. It's like 12, 12 foot long pole. And I just started dragging the bottom. Luckily, it was only like eight feet deep. And I ended up finding it, pulled it up, made sure everything worked. It worked like champ. I mean, it was sealed up, but yeah, it's. Um, since then, I had to look and make sure everything that was at least bolted down or tied down so he wouldn't throw it over. <laughs> so, again, there's a,
0: you got to teach your kid how to fish.
1: Right. And now you, now you know why they have, you know, wireless remotes all around your neck so they can't just grab it and toss it in.
0: Just just like you had to teach your other son how to use the rope to, to, uh, seriously. to tie off so it doesn't get split and the boat goes fl- flying away from you.
1: That's the other thing. We're putting it in and there just so happens aluminum sign. Well, he's dragging <laughs> it around the railing and it gets to the aluminum side and it just, <laughs> zip, there it goes. Like, well, get the boat. Yeah, I almost went swimming that day too, so.
0: I I uh, so and
1: yet I still have a boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're
0: well, and after our our little excursion, dude, you're lucky you have a boat. That was oh yeah. man. We'll talk about that in a little later, bit because that's a fun later. story. No, we have to we have true. to no, talk that not. story. It's not fun. It's a great story. No, it's, it's not. a great. I've already used it in a sermon twice, so it's it's a great once with the students and once with the adults. Wow. So
1: and you didn't even get written per- permission from me from that.
0: I experienced it, so oh, I don't have to ask, don't ask don't for permission. Okay. It's not your story, it's my story. It's our oh, story. It's
1: our story. Okay.
0: <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh so so um I will never forget uh you know, as you're growing up and you you especially I I okay, I shouldn't say especially. I don't know if this is true for women as much as it's for me and men. But um, you know, a lot of times we look at our dads and oftentimes as young men or teenagers, we, we're like, man, our dads are dumb. Like, they tell us stuff that is just stupid, you know, whatever. I remember my oldest daughter, Harper, was born. And, uh, and I left the room uh, to go sit between my two father in law, my father in law, and my dad. They were in the waiting room. They hadn't been in to see, the, see the, my wife or the baby yet. And I sat down in between them, and they had been talking or whatever. And, and I turned to my dad, and they're both looking at me, and I said, Dad, everything you told me, Everything you tried to tell me, everything you taught me, all of it was true. I was an idiot. I'm sorry. (laughs) Because the full weight of becoming a father uh, when my first kid was born just washed over me like nobody's business. And I understood for the first time in my adult life, wow, you know, my dad actually had a lot of wise things to say. I wish I would have listened to like, I don't know, half Half of them. them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Probably didn't even listen to half. Yeah. but they were uh, dumb at the time. They were dumb at the time, but you know, they weren't actually dumb. Um i also that same day. So when, when Harper was born, and th- th- maybe it's just because she's the firstborn, it was my first experience. I don't know. Um, because it didn't certainly didn't happen with the second one. Sorry, Clara. Um, she came out screaming whew, and she hasn't stopped. <laughs> Two years later, almost three years later, she's still screaming. Um no, when Harper came out, she came out with her eyes wide open, quiet, just looking around, you know, breathing normal and everything, but just looking around like, okay, this is my new new normal. All right. Okay. And uh, and they put her on the little table, incubator table or whatever, and they're, you know, checking her temperature and cleaning her off and and all of those things. And and then they, they need to weigh her and get her length. And so they put her on the scale. And as soon as they put her on that cold scale with the wax paper, she... You. bless, bless you. me uh she she starts screaming like screaming bloody murder it was the first time we'd heard our baby cry and she was she was as loud as get out as it could be i mean it was yeah <laughs> and uh the nurse looks at me and she says hey dad do you want to come over here and and help with her?" i'm like I, what am i supposed to do like i have no idea what you want me to do and uh the nurse says hey just put your hand on her chest and let her know you're there and so i come and i squeeze in there between the doctor and the nurse and I put my hand on Harper's chest, and uh, as soon as I put my hand on her chest, she stops screaming and she just looks at me, and it was one of the coolest moments. And in that moment, I, I had this realization that I've never had before, and I mean I've had it since because of this, but um, I guess I never really understood that, you know, I I love this little kid more than anything that I could ever describe outside of my wife. Like Mm -hmm. there is a love that I have for this child that I cannot even begin to describe.
1: measurable. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: And yet it's only, that's only a fraction of the love that God has for us was the, the, and this is all happening in the moment in my brain. And I'm having this realization that God loves us that much, that that it is so much more than me as a dad, how much I love my kid. And, uh, And so, so those, that's like the cute story, right? Um, the, the, the unfortunate part of being a father is that you have to go through the, the hard stuff with your kids as well. And I got two quick stories on that. Number one, again, with my older daughter, she's been around a lot longer, so we've got more stories about her. Um, (laughs) but, uh, we had a really unfortunate and, and difficult situation at a church in New Mexico. Um, just, and it, the relationship between me and that church ended very poorly. And, uh, it was a very difficult situation. And we were in the U-Haul driving across country back from New Mexico to the Midwest where, where I, my wife and I grew up and, um, to see my daughter, uh, like bawling her eyes out and anxious and throwing up and, you know, not understanding the situation that was happening, why we we were moving, um, you know, why didn't she get to say goodbye to her friend? All of those things. It was really hard. And as a dad, it's like you almost feel like you're a failure, like you've messed something up for your kid, and uh you don't know how to help them. Um but uh but she 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 did recover from that, and that's a beautiful thing. Um, but then with my younger daughter, and this is funny, more funny to you probably than it is to me, because I'm still too close to it. But uh my younger daughter has become a poo Picasso. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: um she sorry, uh, how many times are you gonna tell that?
0: Oh dude. Is this is her fault. She's gonna she's gonna grow up someday and like get married and people are gonna run into her and be like, you know, I saw your dad on the Morning Burrito podcast and I heard about you pooping pooping all over the walls and stuff.
1: Yes, but are you still gaining traction from this story or what do you mean i mean it's it's not new though everybody wants the new and greatest,
0: yeah, but this is a continuing story that <laughs> never ends. It seems like uh no, actually <laughs> truth be told, truth be told uh she has uh she has uh the, <laughs> the last month <laughs> or so, maybe even closer to two months. we haven't had an issue. I hope that means we're past this and it's finally over. Um, if you pray for us, the, the, the potty training thing, not going well, we want her to potty train, but she just doesn't have an interest. They always said, you know, if you have an older kid that the younger kid will have a faster potty training experience because of the older one. Nope. I know. I know what this is. Clara, you want to go to the bathroom? Nope. I'm more content with having a diaper on so I could just go whenever I want.
1: I, I think this is one of those instances where God has a sense of humor.
0: Well, my dad did say that if I had a second one, I was going to get it. And <laughs> uh, I was a terrible, terrible, terrible child. Uh, really, I was a terrible child all the way up till adulthood pretty much and well into adulthood, maybe even if my parents were here. Um, but my, my mom and dad always said, you know, Harper was such a good kid and is such a good kid that eventually, if you have a second, you're going to get it and it's gonna get it, you're going to get it good. So it's uh, your
1: parents. And they're getting, the, you, know, you know,
0: we're Christian. We don't believe in karma, <laughs> but you're right. God does have a sense of humor. Uh, yep. And, uh, my kid, who the younger yeah. one is a, uh, is a holy terror of, of epic proportions.
1: But you love her to
0: death. I do love her to <laughs> death. Um, <laughs> especially when she, 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 <laughs> I don't know what it is about Cameron versus chase mm-hmm. and particularly even Ari, your youngest. Um, like Cameron loves her to death and wants to hold her and stuff, but she's like, nope, not having it. Yep. Nope, stay away from me. And then Ari, she talks about your youngest all the time. <laughs> like, well, it's, it's Where's like, Ari? Where's Ari? <laughs> it's
1: like students that see me, they're intimidated by me. I'm like, what? he's a teddy bear. Seriously. He's a big teddy bear. It's like I have a goatee and I'm bald. Why does that make me? You look
0: like Mr. Clean.
1: Okay. And you got muscles. Not dude. all white. Okay. Just a streak
0: yet. <laughs> Give it time, Give brother. It time. Give it time. Um, all right. Well, as we wrap up here, uh, I, I just want to encourage you, um, from two dads who are doing the best that we can, uh, just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean I have all the parenting, you know, knowledge or, you just know, I'm not a guru I'm a
1: teacher. It's the same thing. Yeah. You know, not perfect.
0: We, uh, we go through the same sorts of struggles and, and headaches, I know if you're a dad of a daughter or mom of a daughter, um, the same, you know, fears and worries and co- concerns that you may have about your daughters, I'm dealing with it. Uh, it's a hard, it's hard uh, weight to carry. Uh, I know that we've talked about our own daughters who are the same age that that's, it's hard. It's hard to look at culture and look at society. And it's hard as a dad yeah. to look at that and be like, man, I'm really optimistic for our kids. Um, but here's the thing. God's got it in his hands. God's Amen. in control. And uh, we believe, um, and we hope you do too, that uh, you have you have been placed as the head of your family. Uh, you've been placed as a parent over your children for a reason that God uh, has specifically put you there to do a work in the life of your kids. And so if I can just leave you with a couple words of advice. Um, that has helped me number one don 't miss the opportunity to share your story with your kids if you 're a believer, mm-hmm. share your story with your kids. let them know where you 've been and you know the journey that you 've been on with God because that is an invaluable story to tell your kids. Um, I know that i 've appreciated knowing where my dad was and you know how going to the Air Force, my dad struggled mightily in his faith and Met my wife, my mom, his wife in in church. (laughs) Like um, he went to an ice cream social for young adults when they did those things back then in the 80s. And uh say, what's that? Yeah. And uh and you know, gets engaged to my mom after two weeks, marries her after six months, and then they had a kid shortly after that with my sister. So um, you know, it's amazing what God can do. So um, so that's number one. Share your stories with your kids, don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid to tell them the even some of the detail. Uh, you don't have to go into all the details, but you know, let them know that you had things that happened in your life and you've been down those roads and that you want to prevent them from making the same mistakes you did. Um, also, pray with your kids and pray for your kids. Uh, I think that, again, showing your kids that prayer matters and that um, you are a prayerful person. If you're not, you need to do it. You just need to be a prayer, prayer person. Um, there's no such thing as you know, people who are specifically gifted to pray and those who are not, that's not in scripture. That's not in the Bible. Um, we are all called to be prayer warriors. We're all called to lay our lives before God, um, at his feet. And so, uh, be a praying person for your kids and with your kids and then, uh, help your kids understand how to learn scripture, uh, how to read scripture. Um, there's nothing more important than your kid getting in the word and knowing the word. Um, You know, help them to memorize scriptures, help them to know where things are in the Bible. Um, You know, yeah, we have these wonderful phones, but what happens if technology goes away? Like, we're only going to have the hard copy Bible. So let them know how to use that Bible, because it is a resource that God gave us to be able to grow in our faith. And so uh, don't miss that. And then the last part is help your kids to understand how to tap into the Holy Spirit power that is available to us. The Holy Spirit wants to work and transform us, and you need to help your kids see that. So if you're living a life that is not really evident of the Holy Spirit working, if you're not showing the fruits of the Spirit and you know you should be, get your life right. Get yourself turned back to God um, because imitation is important, and kids learn by watching others. And so if you're not living right, you can't expect your kids to make good choices if you're not making good choices yourself. Yeah. Be be somebody who makes right choices. And when you screw up, admit it, own it, and change.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, that's the biggest thing for me is, yeah, my dad wasn't perfect. Um, but he did explain some things and what happened. Um, maybe on another time I'll talk to you. Uh, a big accident that happened to my dad, um, which was gut-wrenching to say the least um but again he's only here for a reason and that reason is is because somebody was watching over him um so yeah a story for another time
0: yeah well let's end i promised that i would tell this story so i'm going (laughs) to tell this story because you're here and it'll make it's already making you laugh so it's great okay so um contrary to what our typical um intelligence and common sense would have told us uh, we don't normally go fishing when it's windy outside, uh, particularly particularly in a boat. And so you and I, you called me and said, hey, you want to go fishing? I was like, yeah, I want to go fishing. And I hadn't noticed it was windy outside. Um, it really wasn't that windy here. This is the no, weird thing about our area is sometimes weird. it can be not windy in town and windy at the river and vice versa. It can Correct. be not windy at the river and windy in town. So, yeah. You never really know, you got to go to the river to find out if it's windy. So anyway, it wasn't super windy here, and so we got in the boat, headed down to the river, and as we got to where if you live in Hermiston, you know where the Chrysler Dodge dealership is, right at the top of the hill, you could tell, uh-oh, it's 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 a lot windier. windier. <laughs> it's getting a little windy. And uh so we went down to the dam to where above the dam where you you put in your boat, the boat ramp. And uh the, the, the the best is the dude that was in the was coming into the boat ramp that when we got there. Should have because he gets out and he's like, "Are you guys going out fishing?" <laughs> I'm like, "Yep." He's like, uh, "You sure?" <laughs> uh, it's Indication pretty windy. Number two. <laughs> Indication that was number two. That was number two because the yeah. wind of itself. The, the wind was number one. The wind was number one.
1: The guy coming off the water is number two.
0: Yeah, he's like, "Yeah, the last 15 minutes it's gotten real bad," yeah. <laughs> and. And I looked at you when when he said that and I was I was like are we going? Okay, we're going. All right, let's do this. <laughs> and so we get in, we head out and going across, I mean, we got wet a little bit on our way across the river and uh it it was a little windy uh to say the least, but it wasn't awful at that point. It was doable. It was doable. Yeah. And we got to the other side and you put the sock out and you had the the anchor down and it just was not gonna work. We could tell pretty quickly that there there was no fish no to be fish caught. Yeah. Um and I, I think we were out there maybe 10 or 15 minutes tops. No, it wasn't maybe, very long. Maybe half an hour tops. Yeah. And uh so then you're like, okay, we're gonna go back. Let's 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 get out of here before it gets any worse. And we, last words. Yeah. We literally got correct me if I'm wrong, we got halfway across the river yeah. and as soon as we were away from where the cliff was diverting the, the wind. Deflecting the wind. Yeah. It was like three to four, maybe even five foot, some of the, the crests of the waves. And we were like,
1: uh-oh. Yeah, we should have stayed at the boat ramp.
0: <laughs> uh-oh. Uh, and then we got close to the dock, and you could see where there's like that dock, the dock that floats next to the ramp. And the water is at the level and over the level of the dock. And so uh, we pulled up, and you literally jumped out of the boat. And... That same rope that Chase we mentioned earlier that Chase had
1: we tied it. We tied it from that instance. It was tied
0: on the boat, the front of the boat, and it was tied onto the dock. And Chase is on the backside of the boat, holding the cleat um, of the dock, trying to hold the boat, the back end of the boat, to the dock. And uh, long story short, uh, the rope snapped off the boat. So it I was places. Well, the first time it snapped off the boat, yeah. so I caught the rope in midair. <laughs> <laughs> and it all that's attached it's, it's me in the boat and then the cleat on the dock so i'm holding it and i yelled for you and i said hey the rope is snapping <laughs> and so you you got into like a dead sprint i mean you were yeah. you were you took off and then it was like it felt like a long time but it really was like almost instantaneous the rope then snapped off the cleat on the dock cuz the dock was doing this thing and the boat was doing the opposite you know and uh and, and i looked at i looked at chase and I looked at that I looked at the rope in my hand and I had this thought I'm like, Okay, what now? So the only thing I could think of in the split second was to scream. And I, I've joked about this with the students and with the adults. I screamed probably like a twelve year old girl, um, like or a boy that's going through puberty. Like I, pitch, yeah. I I don't know that I've ever screamed as loud as I screamed out of fear, um, for you. And you had just gotten I think you were just at the truck at that time or yep. Um, and you came running back and your son, man, I'm so proud of chase. This is, this is the thing. Like I, I am the man in the boat. I should have been the one that jumped on the wheel and the throttle and just did something. I, I don't know that I would have known what I was doing, but I should have done something. Um, but chase, you said, Hey, chase, get on the wheel. And so chase goes and gets on the wheel and uh, while it didn't end up working out exactly how I think we would have liked, uh, he he did the best he possibly could have mm-hmm. in the situation when he was definitely scared and I was scared. And all I could do is just like, we're going to be all right, dude. We're going to be all right. Just, just keep taking us in circles. We're okay. And uh, long story short, <laughs> you went and tried to get the trailer down into the water and... It's like superhero stuff. Like this guy jumps off of the seawall into the boat and gets us into the, onto the trailer. And oh man, like I I knew I wasn't gonna die. So I don't mean to make it sound like it was like a life and death situation, but the boat certainly could have been lost. You almost very died. You almost
1: died. <laughs> Makes the story better. That's right. Yeah, I almost I, died. That's
0: I think good. your boat could have suffered a whole lot worse of fate than it ended up. Yeah, because just, it it could have gotten swamped pretty banged easy. Banged up prop. Yeah, just a banged up prop. It
1: yeah. and, then, and then you had, you know, the other indication was the guy that drove down after we just get the boat out of the water. Were you guys out in that? No. Uh, no, no, no. No. No, we weren't out in there. We weren't idiots. I, we're not that <laughs> dumb. I mean, come on. Yeah, no way.
0: No, it was, it, It's as I've said before, and I said in the sermon a few weeks ago, it makes me appreciate the story from the Gospels where Jesus calms, so so calms the story, storm or uh, the story of Peter walking on the water in the middle of the storm. Um, I, I totally get it now. I know why they had that fear. I, I had never experienced that kind of fear before um, because you tr- genuinely don't know what to do. Like,
1: honestly, we what don't, are you supposed to do? We don't know how bad it was. All it said was, you know, stormy. Yeah. and that's the thing and and also that it can change at the drop of a hat so I mean we're never we're never truly ready for anything that that throws at us because we don't know what's gonna get thrown at
0: us which so. is like life I mean yeah. life and yeah. and here's the thing I will I will leave us with with this today um, clearly good parenting because your kid was willing to to he was he's been trained enough and is Blood enough to you that he was able to just get on that that throttle and on that that rudder and direct the boat where it needed to go. Yeah, because mostly
1: it definitely could have gotten worse. Yeah, so.
0: it's a good story. It's something we can always. I will never. Hey, no matter how long we live, that is a situation I will never ever forget.
1: Yeah, me neither. And I don't think you'll let me, anyways. So.
0: <laughs> no, it's not your fault. I mean, like I I think we as adults. <laughs> And his dad's, I mean, it was your kid, not my kid, but yeah. I mean, we probably could have been smarter and just not gone no, fishing. Not
1: probably. Yes. We could have been smarter. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we should have got to the top of the hill and go, no,
0: let's just turn around. Yeah. Let's go play Call of Duty.
1: Exactly. <laughs> but and I think that's what we did afterwards. But
0: again, it's a teachable moment and I learned something. I think you learned something. I know your son learned something. And so, hey, that's. It's always a win. As long as you learn something from bad things, I mean, that's... And it could have been a lot worse, and it wasn't, so...
1: So that just means you're going to have to go get your boat or safety card, and I'm going to have to have Chase do his just in case. I'm not always going to be there, okay?
0: (laughs) I honestly thought, like, I was like, to make matters worse would have been you falling down and hurting yourself trying to run or something, like or Trip, f- or and f- and falling off the seawall into the water would have been would eh, have been it was a bad a deal couple
1: feet deep though it was okay
0: yeah there's a lot of rocks down there i've obviously. lost a lot of lures there
1: obviously my prop shows it <laughs> <laughs> well
0: hey uh hope you enjoyed the morning burrito uh i think next week we will have gabrielle on the show um i don't know w- yet what we're going to talk about but uh she's always fun to have on the show and uh, she's excited to to Seriously, do it.
1: Seriously, no teasers?
0: Yeah, not today. Wow. I didn't have a teaser for this one either.
1: It's like you're letting me down here. Seriously. That's okay. Wow. You just need to watch. You had two weeks to build this up. I about was a camp. Oh, my goodness. By the way,
0: camp. <sighs> teenagers for one week. That's all I got to say. A lot of teenagers. A lot of tea <laughs> And 100-degree heat. You mix all... And no AC, by the way, either. So all of those things... I'm a, I'm I'm lucky to be alive. Uh, that's all I gotta say. You almost died again. Probably so. Yeah, it was I'm worse certain- than the boat incidents, to be honest.
1: Seriously? Wow. Oh. Way to downplay that one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but hey, we love you guys, and uh, thank you, uh, Kelly, for for joining us. And his nickname, by the way, Sprinkles.
1: Seriously, you had to put that out there. I have to do.
0: I have to tell our audience here, my my cousin living all the way in Singapore, watching the show. Hey, that's sprinkles. Okay. I've been called a lot worse. So. Hopefully, somebody puts it in the comments section so it'll live in in infamy, infamy. forever. Big yep.
1: word. Well, not, not for you. It's it's a big word for me. You know, welder. I was be gonna be say shop teacher. You know, that's shop teacher. I don't have a. You're not big vocabulary. I'm
0: not an English teacher.
1: No. <laughs> I don't English people.
0: <laughs> uh, all right. Oh man, this show's been fun. Okay. We'll see you guys next week on the morning burrito podcast.